Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Robert Chapa. I am Cody Owen, and we have our very first guest on the podcast, Jacob Godar. You know him from our YouTube channel and his many endeavors uh, for stuff that, that he hosts. We will have links to all of Jacob's stuff in the description, but thanks so much for jumping on with us today. Dude, thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's always good when we launch on a new platform to come and ask you to be a guest because I know that we're going to get great content that people are going to really appreciate. Heck yeah. Well, you're always, you know, you always get a resounding yes for me. I'm an easy yes on anything like this. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. You just send him a calendar invite and he is on your podcast. Hey, Cody, <laughs> I wanted to touch on one thing with uh, Jacob because I was checking Jacob's YouTube channel before we got on. And I see, Jacob, you hit $3 million in your landscaping company with scooters, man. So congrats. I yeah. want to say congrats on that. Seriously. Thank That's you. awesome. Thank you. I was, look, I was looking over the numbers last week, and I saw between the two of them. Yeah, they, they and they did, in fact, cross it last week. So really, really exciting. Another big milestone. We love seeing milestones get hit. So what we want to talk about today is something that I know that you do in scooters, which is sort of positioning yourself as the premium option in the market, yep. right? You're not yep. trying to be chucking a truck who's mowing lawns for 20 bucks. And that the Walmart. we are not the Walmart of our industry. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, I talk. it sounds like you watched the YouTube video that we haven't released yet. Cause I specifically talk about Walmart in there. How do you know when your price is high enough? I think the best way for knowing, and that's a really hard to answer. Obviously you're going off of feelings and what you're seeing i'm looking at my my kpi dashboard that's what you see me glancing over to and i'm looking at this because i'm looking at the conversion rate and last month i see a conversion rate of 54 percent. that's really false because we got a bunch of lawns given to us and that's giving us that data but typically it's 25 or 30 right mm -hmm. so to me i think that your price i think that your conversion should be like 30 mark if you start getting 50 and above like these people i hear that say i close 80 percent of my work I feel like your prices are too high. I feel like, or you're not putting the right information in your CRM and you're pre-qualifying them so much that when you're talking about your closing rate, it's only the people that you've already pre-qualified mm -hmm. and that's who you're dealing with. Because like out of the list of people who just come in top of funnel, if you're getting that many, there's no way it's not just the prices are cheap. And that's why I think you should have such a full funnel. And that's where all this comes into marketing and whatnot, filling that funnel. So when you get the, 25 or 30% of super, super qualified, wanting a premium service people, then that's still enough to feed your business. And so that's probably the biggest metric to know, like, what are the prices doing? So if our top of funnel leads, if we are converting 80% of them, it is because they are not get. no one is getting sticker shock when they yeah. come in the door. Yeah. And, and that's one of the worst feelings in the world, by the way, knowing you left a shit ton of money on the table, like on a project. I, I, Cody, I'm selling you something. I give you the price and you're like, oh, man, I thought that was going to be a lot more like mother. <laughs> oh, like why? You know, in half the time when you get that, it's when you're like, oh man, I probably, this feels expensive. I need to cut, try to whittle this down a little bit, you know, and then you get that feedback. Yeah. When you're selling something and you get that immediate enthusiastic, yes, you're like, oh, I should have asked for more. What is your like market research look like? Do you even like look at competitors pricing to try to compete with it? Or is that 
not a mentality you even get into. So I want to know everything about everybody, but I'm definitely not looking at a competition. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at, I just want to know so I can know what you do. And that's a part of the data that I want to, I just, I feel like I should do my due diligence and understand, but it's pretty irrelevant because when it comes to my pricing, if Jimmy John's lawn care company over here charges X, Y, Z, and I know that it's totally irrelevant to what I'm charging. I'm just looking, I more want to know, like if I see their pricing and then I do my pricing, I want to see if I think that they're potentially failing because of financially, which could mean that they're an opportunity to buy in the future or an opportunity that they're going to lose market share as they continue to do worse and worse. Because if I understand from my pricing, like there's only so much, if you're running a similar company, there's only can be such variance in the way you price. I can understand off the way I price that if they're way, way low under that, they're going to be struggling to market potentially or hire or hire and keep effective players because you're not able to pay them the right amount. So I'm more interested in that off of knowing the prices. When it comes to actually pricing, I'm actually doing that right now in Growcom. This week, we're going to be talking about budgeting. And I'm redoing my whole budgeting and I'm combining it with my uh, my goal tracker for the year for our company. And I'm, I'm kind of sewing those two together. And so when I have a number, it's solely based off of what it takes me to run my company what it takes me to run my company, do the things the way we want to do them and head towards the goals and the things that we are setting. That's, that's all that matters. If that's 20 bucks an hour more than another company to do a similar thing, especially in landscaping, I care more in lawn care because there's only so much room and only so much you can charge. So obviously we have to, we have to do a little bit more there. We look at, we look at lawn care a little bit like marketing. We just got given 70 lawns that are probably not going to be profitable. We might, even lose a little bit of money on these lawns in Florida. But I look at those like my wrap trucks will go to every stop and I will gain more market share. You know, it's not, uh, there's certain areas where you definitely can just, hey, landscaping, I don't care if I'm 20, 30 bucks more. Mowing, you know, it, it's a little bit tighter. And I do have to care about the market more there because I'm not able to show my difference. But my value proposition in landscaping is much easier to see than when it's just cutting grass and edging lawns. Yeah, it's harder to distinguish yourself from chucking a truck if Chuck, like, you know, actually tries a little bit. It's yeah. harder for a homeowner to see the difference. These 70 lawns you're talking about that you just got that aren't profitable, is that because it's not in your route? Is that what you're saying? So it's a very interesting thing. This is not the normal type of deal I would do. A little, uh, I can't even remember how long ago, maybe two months ago, someone sent me a message on Facebook, said, hey, I'm selling all my lawn care accounts. Do you want them? I said, hey, I'm really not that interested. We got more than we want already. I'm not buying anything. And so this time transpired and Hurricane Ian hit. And this person has all this landscape cleanup going on. And I get a message that says, hey, I've got 70 to 100 lawns left. Um, I'm either giving them all to you for free and or I'm sending them all an email tonight that I'm terminating. They got to go find somebody else. And I said, okay. Uh, I talked to the team. I knew it was going to be a pain in the ass. And it was. And it still is. Um, because they don't do things our way. It's different than us. They're not as organized as us. And we just got those dumped on us. I saw the prices and I knew those are way lower than our prices, but it was going to add what you just said. It was going to add root density. So I knew there was going to be an offset. Maybe the prices are lower, but it was going to lay in all these lawns on top of us. And I'm going to eat it for probably two months. And then once we get to December or once we get to January, we told everybody we're going to reevaluate their pricing anyway. So that's how it came about. They got dumped on us and just offered on a silver plate to take. And then I immediately looked at Jess and I'm like, this is marketing right now with what's going on in our area. 
anything to get more people to see our people, our team members, and us be out driving more and more and more is good for our company. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not as profitable, it's not a long-term play of doing these and not being profitable. It's more of a short-term play to, to be involved and have more names in the system. Basically, we just got given 70 to 800 more names that we can market to. We're already doing landscape appointments for these people as well. So that's kind of the uh, long answer to the short question of how that came about. No, but that's perfect. I think that it gives us a good pivot to the other half of this conversation. We've kind of talked about setting premium level prices in the business. And that's more like leads coming in. But then what does your process look like for evaluating and giving people renewal offers? And you're talking specifically if they're already a current client of ours and for the next, the coming season? Yes. And the reason I kind of set that up that way is because with these new clients, we're going to really have to evaluate how far we can. I will give you in our area an idea of where we're at. Most of these clients on average were $125 a month. Everything's like seasonal billing. It's all averaged in. And that includes everything. Our standard just mowing package is $150 a month. That's not including the bush trimming that's getting done for the other people at $125 or the bed spraying. That would put our accounts into the 200 plus. I did our average before I took on his. Our average per client is two five. Mm-hmm. And so theirs is probably like 120 you know? So those accounts, I'm going to have to evaluate much differently. On our accounts, what I do, this is a great, awesome question, first of all, and it really plays into what this this conversation is about. I pretty much made a statement that I'm an idiot for running my business for so not long and not raising everybody's prices in incremental amount every single year without question. And that's the direction it's headed. Um, so if you're already a current client of ours, it's at least going to be like the old inflation number, which is not true anymore. You know, it's at least it's going to be somewhere probably two to five percent on a renewal every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what because I look at me operating for so long and hopefully this affects a lot of the people that watch this video. Uh, operated for years and never raised prices. And I always just said to myself, well, all the new stuff coming in is higher prices, right? So you're the new front end is going to be the higher new numbers, but all the old stuff stays the same. So that old book of work doesn't become any more or any less profitable. Technically, every year becomes less because there's inflation. Um, so I feel like that I was uneducated by doing that for so long. And I feel like we've got to come up with some percent it goes every year. Coming into all the stuff that's happened this year, we raised everything 10% coming into this year. We really need to raise again. So we're going to evaluate this season. But after the economy kind of shakes out, we're going to come to a standard that year on year on year. Yeah. It's really really loaded question because what is the world doing? Last year, the prices were raising through the roof. Now this year, the gas has went up even more. Now it's tapering back down. But we still see our price raise 10% probably wasn't enough. So now, if you haven't done a 10% raise last year, like you are for sure, if you didn't raise 10 to 12%, and this just isn't my standard, it was a number I came up with at the very beginning of the year, but this was repeated throughout the industry, that in 2022, you're operating you're operating at a loss. Like that, that's just all yeah. there is. So if you didn't do that, you must do that now. And honestly, it's probably closer to 15 or 16% to just be where you were at in 2021. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to evaluate it every year, especially with what is going on right now. So all your costs are increasing and eating. Yeah, there's other evaluations that need to be made. And then on top of that, things like fuel charges and stuff, maybe you could do when things are bad and then pull away when things get better. 
Do y'all test pricing changes? If, if we test a pricing change, it would just be, like I said, looking at conversion rates. You know, if we commit to the prices going up, the prices are going up. Gotcha. And we're going to market it, you know? Obviously, I think there's a limit to that, probably. But um, we don't really do it and be like, ah, if they don't buy, we're going to pull back. Gotcha. So it's just, let's... Because we've set numbers. Yeah, we're just go, pedal to the metal. We said numbers where I had the office look at me like, you are high. They're never going to do that. I'm like, oh, we're doing it anyway. So good luck. And then we do it and it happens. Yeah. Well, and then you end up with the customers who were willing to pay that and have, you know, you bring the service quality that, that matches their expectations and everybody's happy. Exactly. And funny thing about this is as you raise your prices and you charge more, Especially if you were a low cost provider for an extended time, you were telling yourself the story of I'm starting up and I don't have that much overhead and all this, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to make it up in that, volume. You start raising your price. Yeah, I'm going to make it volume. All of a sudden, the amount of headaches. Now, there, I still have a million headaches. I got headaches all the time. I got challenges all the time. It's hard all the time. That is what this is. But the amount people are easier to deal with when you charge them more is insane. Like the person that, cringes when they have to give you a thousand dollars for something is a huge huge nightmare compared compared to the person that's like 50 grand that sounds good I, i'm really excited are you sure that worked for you and you do it like and they don't care about writing checks like you don't they don't even ask about anything they just want it done they don't want to deal with it the people that and to, to bring that back to smaller numbers like mowing the person that wants it for 15 bucks or or they they try to get i don't even know what a, a cheap lawn is 25 bucks probably is for sure a cheap lawn like the person that thinks that that's what they should get, they will you down. You say yes, they're going to ask for more and more and more every time you're there. The person like in Illinois, it's a fifty dollar minimum. We don't care if you it takes five minutes to mow your lawn. We don't stop for less than fifty dollars a stop, right? And the person that pays that has a lot less complaints and has a lot less asks than the person that demands all these extras at twenty five bucks. These people yeah. that are looking for deals keep looking for more deals. Oh, I got to do this. What's the next? What's the next thing I can get? What's yeah. the next thing that I can get? What, what what can I wager out of this to make this deal even better for me? Yeah, and they're never gonna be less of that person. Can we kind of go back in time to when you were kind of first getting a handle on the numbers in the business? How did you start to figure out like your overhead cost and your labor burden? Uh, like, when did that click for you? I, I can't tell you how much we're shooting this at such a perfect time. Because yesterday, I literally, it's on one of these tabs because I'm going through all this budgeting creating. And I looked at my goal tracking. My goal tracking year on year, it goes back to 2015. Like, so year, first year full time, I was tracking goals of what we were trying to hit at the end of the season. And that really came from... Hiring a business coach that helped me with pricing, like year one, that year when I went full-time, I did that. It was super, super scary. So um, he taught a lot about business acumen, pricing, how to understand these things. As soon as I got involved in business, I took it upon myself to learn about accounting, learn about how your book should be set up, learn about how you handle and how you create um, all these numbers. Like I was a geek. The same way I learned how to use Service Autopilot by just watching and downloading tons and tons <laughs> of videos. Just, like, like you guys always told me not many people watch those videos. Like I, I got that feedback. 
I watched every single video that's ever been produced. I don't anymore, but back in the day, I watched all of them. That's how I learned to do that. Well, I would sit and watch Lawn Care Millionaire or anybody that talked about pricing, and I would just go through all of it, pick through it with a comb until I understood it. And then I just started creating my own. In a very, very early time, back in like 2015, we started in 2014, with the help of a coach, with the help of reading and learning, I was starting to implement these things. I was just nowhere near as comfortable with creating budgets as I have been for probably the past four or five years in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of touched on something there that I have mentioned on the podcast before, but I want to point out the the way that you described kind of your learning process as like just kind of diving in and immersing yourself in yep. the the things that you want to learn about. Mm-hmm. That is something we're trying to do with the podcast and the YouTube channel and our blog is covering the same topic from a couple different angles every week, because that is how you learn this stuff, right? So the things that that we want you to understand about marketing and pricing and all of that, we want to come at it from three different angles, three different uh, like media options, so that you can immerse yourself in the topics that we're talking about. And that yeah. kind of learning is how you get to a $3 million landscaping company. Yep. Yeah, you, you'll never grow something big if you can't learn to be obsessed over learning stuff. Mm-hmm. If you aren't going to commit to learning indefinitely forever, like, you're not going to, like, that's what it's going to take for me to grow. That's why like, I don't have to reach too far to get the book I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to go too far to get in contact with a person that's a friend of mine that's potentially helping me or mentoring me or is a part of me trying to get better right now. And um, so, yeah, you, without being obsessed, without learning all the time, it, it, it's just going to be so much more painful because I watch other people or other people that have YouTube channels or I listen to other business owners or people when we talk to people in Growcom that are struggling. And I, I look at the things that they're saying, it, it's really hard. And a lot of times it's hard to really state this, but it's like, you just need more education in these topics. You somehow haven't unlocked or haven't been around the right people in this situation to get you the right answer. Because a lot of the stuff, once you know, you can fly, but you just have to keep learning. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think that that is an excellent note to leave it on here uh, is that you have to commit to learning and growing as an entrepreneur. And that's the only way forward. Jacob, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram, Jacob Godoff. YouTube, Jacob Godar, um, on the new podcast, Grow by Design. That's on anything that you can find a podcast. Um, and if you want to check out the uh, coaching group itself, that's at jacobgodar.com. You can check out the group there and you can check out our training day, which are still a few seats left on January 20th of this season here in Florida, or this year, here, this coming year here in Florida. And uh, you can find that on jacobgodar.com as well. Awesome. Well, we'll have links to that in the the show notes. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on. You are always an excellent guest, always dropping enough knowledge that I'm like trying to figure out how to convert it from lawn care to a marketing agency so that I can implement stuff. So thank you so much. David, thank you. As always, I really appreciate being here, man. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. We'll come back next week. We will be talking about more ways to grow your lawn care and landscaping business. And grow your business at light speed, guys. Thanks.